0: Here we go...
1: My name is Who Darian. That's me. What am I doing? Talking about horror movies. Why? Why not, you motherfuckers? Why not, man? I'm here. I got my microphone on. I've seen a couple of horror movies. you probably seen them. You probably saw a few yourself. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're up to. Why not? Why not sit down and talk about it for about an hour and a half on a Tuesday night? How was your Halloween, inmates? Mine was pretty good. I uh, had the, the homeboys up here. We uh, went trick-or-treating. Like half a Deacon's football team showed up, went around the neighborhood. Dude, this neighborhood that I live in on Halloween is a fucking party, bro. Even on a I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Even on a Tuesday, a cold, windy Tuesday night, it was, it was banging until about 8.30 or so. And then we all came back to the house, had pizza, did a couple shots, and we were on our way. Good times uh, for everybody, I believe. Uh, No drama up here that I'm aware of. I don't know. If there was, I don't remember it. That's for sure. Um, Yeah, good times, man. How was your guys this Halloween? Did you take the kids out? I hope you did. I hope that's what you do. That, to me, is the best part of Halloween. There's always the slutty costumes. Everybody loves that. There's the big raging parties with all the drunk debauchery. Everybody loves that, too. Taking the kids out on Halloween night to go trick-or-treating. That is where it is at. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, it was pretty pretty boring and lackluster for the parents. It hit like five houses, you turn around, go back, call it a night. But uh, these days, bro, every, every house you, you knock on the door, they got candy for the kids, and they're handing you a Truly, or a White Claw, or a fucking Michelob Ultra, whatever you're, <laughs> whatever you're drinking. Well, a house on the corner was giving out little Dixie cups full of wine. Yeah, buddy, that's a dude. You got if if you're in the northern Nevada area, you got to come up here to the the greater Los Altos area on Halloween. It's insane. All right, enough about me. I hope you guys had a happy Halloween. Whatever you did, uh, you know what's going to be a bummer. I was thinking about when my kids are too old or they don't want me to take them trick or treating anymore. Then what the fuck am I going to do? Fucking sit at home and hand out candy. I guess. How boring is that? Uh, would you think it'd be weird if I just went and walked around the neighborhood <laughs> on Halloween? Uh, yeah. When I say it like that, it makes me realize how, how weird that would be. That would probably get the cops called called on me or something. I don't know, man. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the time that I have with my kids, Halloween especially. And the spooky season is over, bros. It's a bit of a bummer, I know. AMC's Fear Fest is already wrapped up, uh... You know, all the, the Spirit Halloween stores have shut down for the year. I hope you went uh, the day after Halloween and got some uh, discounted bullshits. I didn't. I went... Uh, I, dude, I go as soon as they open, like back in August. And I'll go through a paycheck just in coffee mugs. Because, uh, I don't know, it pisses my wife right off. And uh, I don't even drink that much coffee, so... <laughs> I'm going to be single very soon. Uh, probably. Alright, well, I tell you what, dudes, we got a regular horror show to get into here. Nobody, no Jason, again, I am sorry. I got a special guest I'm going to bring in here uh, later on in the show. I think you're going to dig that, though. Uh, In the meantime, how about the usual uh, horse shit? I got horror news, I got listener mail, I got all the fun stuff that we always do. Let's start it off with a little horror news. (laughs)
0: horror news
1: yes ma'am uh i tell you what i i know you like you like yourself some horror podcasts i'm gonna tell you right now danielle harris and scout taylor compton have just started their own horror podcast talk scary to me is what it's called now it's available on uh itunes and all the other fucking spotify's and uh you know uh stitchers and the fucking i don't know wherever the hell you find your podcast i'm sure it's there um i haven't listened to it yet but i am a little bit leery of doing so allow me to explain in my best mad scientist voice for you inmates (laughs) inmates <laughs> here's the thing man every time I've actually listened to one of my favorite horror celebrities like on a personal level ah, they either want to get into a bunch of politics that I wildly disagree with or they just they're just they're just dumb <laughs> they're just dumb people I'm, I'm not saying all of them and I'm not going to name any names but there are some out there Uh, notable directors from the 90s that just uh, all they want to do is spew uh, politics and uh, they're not very smart about it. And uh, I'm not saying I'm right and they're wrong. I'm just saying that they come across a little dumb. And if they're not going to talk about horror specifically, then you're wasting my fucking time. That's not why I downloaded your show. So I don't know. I'm going to give them a couple of episodes, then I'll catch up with them and I'll see, you know, where, where we're at. What we're doing, and uh, I I fail to see what they could possibly have to say. (laughs) I don't know what I have to say either, now that I think about it. I mean, I'm not saying they're dumb, and I'm not saying they're going to be dumb. I just don't, what, hey, remember that time on Rob Zombie's Halloween when you got punched in the face? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not I'm not looking forward to it. I'll probably check it out. I could be wrong. I will, I, and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. And I will fully admit that I am wrong. Uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Have you seen this yet? It's a pretty good show, dude. There, I'm going to tell you right now, I liked it. Uh, a lot of people did. It's getting a physical release, Blu-ray and 4K, uh, this December. Uh, if I'm going to pick that up, I'm going to have to pick up... Um, the, the 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 original pet cemetery also right which one the question though which one does does this is this a prequel to that weirdo remake where the girl gets zombified or the original with gage where he gets zombified I I mean there's I don't know I don't know which one I, I would assume the original right but I don't know I don't know what we're doing um what else we got here there's a book coming out by Stephen King. It's called You Like It Darker. Uh, it's coming out next year. It's going to be a short story anthology. And he is teasing that one of the stories is going to be a sequel to Cujo. That's exciting. Except I don't know where we go with that. I don't know what we. I assume we pick up with uh, either the cheating wife or maybe the, the kid. I hope. No, the kid died, didn't he? Did the kid die? I think he died in the movie, but not the book, as I recall. I read the book, but it was a long time ago, and it was mostly about a cheating wife. Didn't have a whole lot to do with the dog, so there's that. Um, I think he did die in the movie, but not the book, so maybe we pick up with that kid. I don't know. I don't know. We can't pick up with the dog, that's for sure. That fucker got killed for sure. I I do know that in both the book and the movie, so there's that. Uh, I got some bad news for you, bros. Or, well, yeah, it's bad. It's bad news. I got bad news for you, dudes. Uh, so remember, uh, what, two years ago, Army of the Dead with uh, Batista? They go into uh, zombie-infested Vegas. Loved it. I love that movie. I wish it wasn't three hours long, but I still love it a lot. Uh, and the prequel, Army of Thieves, which was more of a comedy thriller kind of a thing, but I thought it was okay. Uh, there was supposed to be an animated series coming to Netflix called Army of the Dead Lost Vegas. Apparently that's no longer happening, and that is a bummer, because I wanted to know more about all of those little Easter egg things in Army of the Dead. There's a shit ton of them, dude. I'm not going to waste your time. You've probably seen the movie. You know what I'm talking about. You got cyborg zombies, dude? How about that, they got fucking glowing blue eyes, you got um, little nods to the 2004 Dawn of the Dead in there, just kind of sprinkled, sprinkled about, you got uh, Wayne Tech containers like from Batman, Wayne Tech man, think about that, Batman could be an army of the dead, we don't know, we'll never know now, this this uh, um, the goddamn uh, animated thing isn't happening, so fuck me anyway, I guess. Uh, lastly, it looks like trailers are up for Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey 2. Um, I didn't see them, but I saw some stills from the trailers. I'll tell you this. <clears throat> they, ch- <clears throat> excuse me, they changed the look of Winnie the Pooh quite a bit from the fir- from the first movie. I don't know if you saw the first movie, but Winnie the Pooh looked a little, um, I don't know. I, 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 it, it. He didn't look like Winnie the Pooh, and he didn't really look like a bear either. Uh, he looked kind of like a disgruntled WD, WWE wrestler with jaundice, I would say, is probably the best way to put it. Uh, they 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 changed it up for this one, I can tell you that. I don't know if it looks better or worse, but it does look different. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. So, I don't know. I wasn't... Uh, it was okay I saw it it i wasn't it wasn't the best thing ever you know um I like the look of piglet I thought uh it that he is piglet a boy I think it uh in the in the the context of the movie I'm pretty sure piglet was a dude he looked gnarly he looked like uh something out of mad Max or something um so I don't know man uh I'll probably check it out. as a stand as a slasher it's not bad um they just got to get over that Winnie the Pooh, Christopher Robbins kick thing. Uh, other than that, it's, it's all right. That's all I got on the horror news, dudes. How about some listener mail?
0: Listener
2: mail.
1: Yeah, buddy. Uh, what do we got here? Some emails, some voicemails, all kinds of fun stuff coming at us at light speed, right to my face. Let's start things off with an email coming all the way from Sydney, Australia. It's our main man team from the Dummies of Horror. You know them, you love them. Don't act like you don't. Don't act like you're better than the Dummies of Horror. All right, they're they're the they're one of the building blocks of the padded room network, or what's left of it. <laughs> uh, subject line: No. I don't know. He just said no. What's up, guys? Just a quick email. I'm currently on holidays at the moment, relaxing by the pool with a nice glass of honey, whiskey, and Coke. And thought, oh, shit, I better get in my Terradome pics. This motherfucker's on vacation, dude. It's cold as fuck all here in the United States, Tim. Uh, Thanks for that. So, Terradome, I'm sorry, I still haven't seen Shocker. You haven't seen Shocker? Tim! Oh! Your mother and I are very disappointed in you, uh, young Timothy. So I'm gonna have to go with the weasel for the win. It's a better film than Five Nights at Freddy's, so why not? Willie wins. Okay. I can't believe Tim hasn't seen Shock. That is a '80s heavy metal m- movie, there, Tim. Wow. Okay. Uh, two more for Willie the Weasel. Right on. I'm not judging you, Tim, because there's you know a lot of. Really old, like, staple horror films that I haven't seen yet. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But if you rattled through some, I'm sure there's one or two somewhere down the the anals (laughs) of horror history. Let's get to Tim's Meat Hook. Top three worst sequels. This is hard since there is a lot, but the first few that come to mind... Number three, The Babysitter Two. You know, I wasn't mad at that. I didn't think it was as good as uh, the first one, obviously, but I wasn't. I was okay with it. You know, uh, number two, The Exorcist Two. Yeah, that one's pretty. I think you know. I'm. I think I'm going to watch that one again, Tim. Um, I haven't seen it since it, I was a kid, and I remember thinking this is poo and has nothing to do with anything. But uh, I think if I watched it now. I would probably like it more than uh, Exorcist Believer. And it might have, like, a kitschy value to it. You know, like a kind of so-bad-it's-good silliness to it. I don't know. I might I might get into it eventually. Number one, you guessed it, Halloween ends. That's it for me. I'm going to go back and continue getting drunk while sun-baking bag- and hopefully falling asleep. Catch you all later, Tim. Right on, Tim. Thanks for writing in, amigo. Yeah, dude, I... Uh, yeah, I am hard pressed to think of a worse sequel than Halloween Ends. I mean, there are sequels that are bad. There are many of them. Uh, Scream Three, I thought, was dog shit. Um, I was not a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street Five, uh, the Book of Spiral, or the book, the Book of the uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. I don't know if that even technically counts as a sequel, but it was it was dumb. Uh, what else you got? Uh, but I don't think any, I mean those were bad movies, sure. None of them as offensively bad as Halloween ends. You know what I mean? So take for example, like uh, I don't like a Prom Night Two. Hello, Mary Lou has absolutely nothing to do at all whatsoever with the original Prom Night. One could even make an argument that that's not a sequel. It's it's a completely standalone movie that just happens to be called Prom Night Two, uh, Mary Lou, or Hello, Welcome Back, Mary Lou, whatever it was. Um, but that being said, if there's like a Prom Night super fan out there that desperately wanted to revisit the characters of Jamie Lee Curtis and the other chick that was killing people, and he saw that, he would really hate that, right? But taken on its own merits, it, it falls into the realm of a Halloween 3. Great show, not a sequel. Only in name only. But then you have Halloween Ends, which is a tried and true sequel. It's a continuation of the story of Halloween, Halloween twenty eighteen, Halloween Kills, and so forth. And it is bad. It is so bad. I'm not I'm not gonna waste your time. You know it's bad. You know it's bad. Is there anybody out there that actually enjoyed that? I would love to hear from them. Area code 775 275 or paddedroompodcast.com. You know the email. I want to I want to hear an argument for Halloween ends. Can anyone make one? Can you you know what? Just tell me it's not as bad as I think it is. Cuz if you can make an argument for it still being bad but just not the the degree of dog shit that I that we all seem to agree that it is. I would love to hear that. I will entertain the thought. I'm not going to rewatch it, but I will definitely hear you out, and you're probably not going to change my mind. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Thank you very much for calling in, Tim. We have some voicemails here. I hear Indiana is nice this time of year. Let's see what's up with Coop Newcomb.
3: Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Cooper.
1: Anyway, we'll
3: take what we can get. Uh, hey, hey. calling in real quick what for my, uh, three on meat hook We're sequels. The, uh, the hated sequels. Yeah. Number three, I have troll two. If you've ever seen that, <laughs> I, I <laughs> do not watch that. It hasn't, it's just awful. It
1: is. Um, it, it's number really, two, I have
3: Jason X. Okay. I really think that was a, uh. It's a cash grab. Man, did that get far away from yeah. anything to do? With, that has nothing
1: uh, to do with anything. Anything I like. Whenever they go to space, the, uh, Friday
3: the Thirteenth
1: series. Yeah,
3: and uh, my number one hatred was the uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D.
1: Okay. Anyway, yeah,
3: that's all I've got. You guys have a good night.
1: Right on. Thank you very much for calling in, Coop. Uh, Tom Hardy would agree with you. He will. He's probably going to call Texas Chainsaw his most hated sequel of all time. And I get that um I think there are some redeemable qualities in there, namely Alexandra didario running around with her shirt open um that being said it's it it kind of throws a nuclear warhead right into the middle of the Sawyer timeline, and that's something that I'm very involved in <laughs> I don't know why, but like the the lore of the Sawyer clan and how the whole uh Verna Sawyer how uh, Drayton Nubbins like the whole the whole posse there but that that little the timestamp of that fucks everything up you know what i'm saying cuz there's no fucking way that uh Alexander Daddario was a baby at the time uh immediately following the the original texas chainsaw massacre which as stated by the disclaimer at the beginning of the movie happened in 1975 so if she was born in 1975, and then we jump to, what was it, 2000, uh, when did that movie come out? 2012, I think? 2014, 15? Dude, she's got to be in her 40s, right? There's no fucking way. There's no way she looks that good with that emo haircut, and there's no way she's dating Trey Songs. But all right, that's that's neither here nor there. Feeling your pain on that one, Coop. Um, for sure. Jason X. A lot of people like that movie. Uh, again, we're in the realm of so bad it's good. You know, the absurdity of Cyber Jason. Um, it's a, it's a, it, that, that is just a cash grab is all that is. You've got yourself the rights to Jason Voorhees. Uh, you, you've given up on the Crystal Lake timeline, so you dispatch him to space, the final frontier. <laughs> when when has that, that ever worked out for a franchise? Leprechaun's gone to space. Uh, Jason's gone. Jason's gone to the hood and space. So, both those movies suck a bag of dicks. By the way, I don't know if you're aware. All right, Cooper. Uh, thank you for writing in or calling in, I should say. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, let's get down to our main man in Alabama. Here comes Mister Allen.
3: Added room. What's, What's up, up, Allen? Hope everybody's doing good. All hope right. everybody had a good Halloween. Did hmm. something cool? Uh. We all went and saw the original Halloween on the big screen. Nice. That was cool. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. And it's it's like, I forget how quiet that movie is up until the end, you know? Yep. Anyway, y'all all all know my worst sequels. Yes, sir. Um, Sometimes I was wondering about, do do y'all consider the Hmm. dead movie sequels like Dawn, Day,
1: I do not, um, personally. I know land, a lot of do. Land,
3: whatever. Y- do y'all consider them sequels, or are they standalones? Because I-, I could definitely add Diarrhea of the Dead oh, to don't
1: that. fucking get uh, me started.
3: Terror Dome, give me Horace Pinker. You got it. And Mr. Darian, are you, um... Come on. Good summer. Yes, That's I am. Y'all have a good one. Bye.
1: I knew Alan would get me. He always does, the son of a bitch. Uh, yes, so, uh... The 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 dead movies are they sequel? <clears throat> excuse me, are they sequels or are they not? That's a very good question, Alan. And that is subjective, I think. I personally do not consider them sequels. I consider them part of the same universe. Oh, I know what you're saying. Don't a hey, a hey, if Jason Harrell was here, it would be time to move some furniture around and uh, put on the boxing gloves. Now, the only thing that I think. Um, there, the, the timeline matches, okay? So you've got Night of the Living Dead, which would be the onset of the dead, the the uh, zombie outbreak, right? Then we go into Dawn of the Dead, which is... But the the, the problem there is that at the, the outset of Night of the Living Dead, the Rednecks are getting things under control. Uh, at the onset of Dawn of the Dead, somehow shit has gone haywire and not only is society crumbling but the dead are overtaking and we have that classic line when uh uh the uh the the priest when the the dead rise the killing must stop but you have the SWAT teams going into the apartment buildings and uh throwing a lot of ethnic slurs around (laughs) but uh okay so and then by the time that happens, and then we cut to Day of the Dead, where there is no society, there's just a a handful of holdouts in an underground base, and everything else is just walking dead, right, but then we cut to Land of the Dead, there is a parallel timeline here, so I will, if you really wanted to make an argument, I would say that those four movies could possibly be while they're not necessarily sequels by classic definition, because there's no continuing storyline, they they could take place within a a timeline, a universe, so to speak. Uh, but then Diary of the Dead just restarts the whole shit, because then we're right back at ground zero with uh, the dead the dead uh, coming out of the, the 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 onset of the the living dead apocalypse. Oh, do not get me started on that piece of shit. Because that's going to be a whole other episode right there. Uh, Right on, Alan. You got me. I am, in fact, midsummer. Well done, sir. Uh, Thank you for calling in as well. You're a gentleman and a scholar, but you already knew that. Uh, Speaking of gentlemen and scholars, here comes Mr. Tom Hardy. hey yo. hey yo. Padded room. How is my favorite degenerates this week? It's just me again, oh, baby. I hope
4: everyone is doing well. When They're fine. Halloween, everyone's yeah. back in it. Uh, anyway, let me just get to it real quick. What uh, you got? On the Terror Dome. Yes, sir. You got uh, Horace Tinker, the Shocker. You got it. This is Willie from uh-huh. Willie's Wonderland. Uh, you know what? Uh, what do you think? Give me the Shocker, man. All right. I love, I love Horace Tinker. I, I love Shocker. Mean son of a great. Yeah. I like Willie's Wonderland. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute here, but okay. uh, you know what? I think Bucket. You know, he's got electricity. That sure. Could fucking knock Willie on his ass. He
1: appears to run on electricity, so um, there is that. Don't
4: know who you are on the uh, educating department. Okay. As far as the meat hooks go, though, worst, worst sequels. sequels. I bet
1: he picks Texas Chainsaw. And 3D. I got to admit,
4: I was trying to come with part twos. Um, okay. Oh, okay. And it really, to me, the big thing that. that sets it off huh. is how good the first one is ah, and how shitty the sequel is yeah I mean there's a lot of bad horror movie sequels there is but when the first one is so fucking good and There's and a they drop off it up so bad on the sequel I get that man that's kind of where I was trying to go so yeah okay alright for number three put me down for The Exorcist 2 The yeah, Heretic, heretic. Uh, some really fucking weird visuals I gotta I have watch no that I no idea what the fuck they were trying to do yeah it's like an exorcist movie without an exorcist. No, it's all um, like science. I don't know. Maybe Reagan's supposed to be the exorcist now. Or, I don't know. It
1: doesn't make any sense. As good as the first one was.
4: Nowhere. No way. The second no was way. a big
1: piece of shit. That's true. Uh, with that
4: same sort of thing in mind, Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know,
4: the first Candyman was so fucking iconic. For real. So original, so unique. And... It seems like with the second one, they moved it to New Orleans, yeah, which was cool. Doesn't make All right. any sense. Know, hey, Maybe we'll get the Candyman in New Orleans, okay, in Chicago, and then they just turned it into like a fucking piece of shit, trying to be like a modern slasher,
1: yeah, right? or, you know,
4: like a typical 80s slasher. And yeah, I don't know. They just fucked it up. Fucked I'm gonna up get to that. I just yeah, that one really pissed me off. I get and, it. No, uh, yeah, I'm with third, you. Or the number one, worst horror fucking sequel. Texas Chainsaw. got to be Halloween End. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I, I know it's not <laughs> like in part two like I was doing before. Oh, yeah, no. Man, that is such a fucking piece That's of shit, That's the fucking that movie. problem. I just can't believe, man. you know, that how bad they made that fucking movie. God I mean, damn it. In retrospect, the 2018 Halloween. Pretty good. I thought... Okay. I thought it was was all right. It
1: was fun. It was enjoyable. That's a weird fucking thing. But it was okay.
4: Yeah. And then the Halloween end, I don't know,
1: or kill. kill. Halloween kills, I wasn't mad at. Uh, He got GP'd. All right. He called back, and I'm going to get to that in two seconds. But before he does, a couple of things. Uh, I'm feeling you, Tom Hardy, on Candyman 2. And the... You're right, You're, you made a great argument for that drop-off that happens from part one to part two. Um, that That's the worst, dude, and uh, Candyman is a sterling example. Now, before we move on, now, I would make the same parallel to... Um, actually, there's two movies, Hellraiser, Hellraiser, Hellbound, and then uh, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Hellraiser 1 and 2, pretty fucking good. Hellraiser 3... What the fuck is going on? We got we got uh, bartender centibytes all of a sudden. We got CD players player centibytes yeah, Dude. All right, but the point I was trying to make here is, and Candyman is probably the best possible example of this, when they make a sequel and just completely take a total fucking shit all over the, the lore and the backstory of the characters, that, that was established in the first movie. I don't think it gets any worse than Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. We established Candyman as being uh, Cabrini-Green, Chicago-centric. That's his base of operation. How the fuck did he get to New Orleans? He had nothing to do with New Orleans. All shit happened in Chicago. What are we even doing here? And now he might have a, a daughter uh, that uh, was just conveniently forgotten in the first movie. Dude... Dude, 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 dude. And, okay, that's bad, sure. But then, uh, the, candy, uh, the third one, I, uh, Day of the Dead, I think is what it's called. I saw it. It's in Los Angeles. It has to do with a bunch of drug addicts. I remember next to nothing about it, except for that they changed the color of Candyman's candy coat. But then we get to Nia DaCosta's uh, 2020 Candyman, which completely removes... Daniel Robitaille, the titular, I like saying titular, (laughs) the titular Candyman from the entire equation. What are we even doing now? What are we doing? Did you not see the first? The worst part about it is that she sets the story up, bringing back the baby from the first movie, the one that Helen saved from the bonfire. Okay, great. I'm with you so far. But instead of... They, they make the Candyman like this revolving uh, symbol of a, but basically any but any black person that was killed by a white person immediately turns into a Candyman. Basically, uh, then why bother? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why even bother? Why, bother? we we have a great backstory with Daniel Robitaille, the hook. We know how where the hook came from. We know that where the name Candyman came from. It's because he was smothered in honey and all that shit. You just completely took a fat dump all over that in the name of, what, social justice? Okay, I get it. That's kind of the era that we live in, sure. But, d- dude, not the kid. All right. All right. I'm going off on a rant. I'm sorry. Okay. He called back. Uh, um, you know what? Since Before we get back to Tom Hardy, he, he poses a good question, and this is something I've pondered at great length. Is there a steeper drop-off? And by that I mean quality of the first movie to uh, lack of quality in the second the se- in the rest of the franchise, really. Think about that. Um, I would point you to the Crow franchise. First one blew the fucking doors off of 90s punk angst, uh, goth. Just, just I could probably recite that movie front to back. Uh, and then the rest of the franchise—you ah, got Edward Furlong, dude. <laughs> uh, I mean, the crow started in the hood, so it's not like you know he's he's going anywhere. But at least he didn't go to space, right? All right, that, ponder me, ponder me. That inmates—is there a steeper drop off in quality of franchise films than the Candyman or the Crow? Both first installments, phenomenal. After that, both franchise took a big fat shit on us. I would like to know if you uh, can think of any more. Area code 775-3870-275 thepaddedroompodcast.com hit the contact link, let me know. Now, I'm sorry, I've droned on long enough. Let's get back to Tom Hardy, please. Oh, shit. Gee,
3: motherfucking
4: Oh uh, hell yeah man. Hell yeah. I don't even think I was out of time. I think my phone just immediately shut off. When no, I you start were out talking of time. about that piece of shit <laughs> but, quality uh, control. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it it went from fucking okay to whatever to what a fucking piece of shit those three movies. Uh, yeah. Um Yeah, so put me down for that piece of shit. You got it. Uh, It's always what are you looking at? I can't argue. We get to catch a couple of things. Okay, Uh, kids wanted to see the Friday uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, I saw that. Uh huh. What'd you think? I don't know. It was okay, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, I thought it was kind of boring. Uh, I thought it was sure wasn't that great. Um, The kids liked it. That, of course. Oh well, this was an homage to this, and that meant sure. that. Sure. Right. This character was from there. Okay. Which is all fine and good. I mean, I got no problem with
1: that. But if you're into it, I'm sure it all makes gonna sense. If you're going to make
4: these little nods, you got to first make a good movie. True. And then put in those little fucking Easter eggs. You can't just have a movie based on fucking Easter eggs. It's kind of kind of what they're doing with Scream.
1: Very true, thinking, but it's fancier. Anyway, I, I, as
4: far as that one goes, give me Willy's Wonderland. uh... Yeah. It, it's got to be a quarter of the budget. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Nicolas Cage. But it's fucking fun. You know what <laughs> I mean? Is. It's just a fun fucking play. It's true. This whole thing where, because it's Five Nights at Freddy's, because it's a studio budget, and they got a lot of fucking money, eh. they've got to have some complex, interwoven story eh. some bullshit. No, man. Just just make a fun fucking... It's animatronics killing motherfuckers. Exactly. I mean, really, how deep do you want to get? Right. Um... I also got to catch a flick I really enjoyed uh, on Amazon. Yeah? Uh, Totally killer. Okay. Uh, Brand new flick. Don't want to say too much about it. I haven't seen it yet, Um, but
1: I've seen... It's a slacker. I've seen things about it. It's a bit
4: of a twist. Okay. I don't want to say uh, Happy Death Day to me, but... A lot of people are kind of comparing it to that. Oh, right. It's a good click. Give it a shot. There's some good, fun nostalgia in there. Very I good. really enjoyed it. And then uh, about halfway through of the uh, fall of the House of Usher. Very nice. Uh, Got to be honest, kind of started kind of slower, wasn't that going for it. But then lately it's kind of been picking up and right getting more interested in I gotta finish and it. what have you. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, if anyone else is checking out that uh, Fall of the House of Usher series, I'm
1: curious on your
4: thoughts. Hope all is well. Love you like family. For the last time, Halloween.
1: happy Halloween. And Bye now. I hope you had a happy Halloween too, Tom Hardy. <clears throat> uh, love you too. Of course, you knew that already. Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, I watched the first episode. I fell in love with it. And then I just started on this 31 for 31 thing, and I've not yet been able to get caught up. So, uh, Jason Harrell marathoned it. He said it's the best thing that Mike Flanagan has done ever, which is, speaks a lot because he's a big Flanagan guy. Um, I'm going to get caught up. I what, you know what I should do? I should. So, what do you got? You got Follow the House of Usher. You got Haunting of Bly Manor, Haunting of Hill House. You've got The Midnight Club. Um, there's like a whole Flaniverse, flan, Flanagan universe, I don't know, man, I gotta, I, none of it ties together, I don't think, but it's still like this haunted house fucking, uh, it's, it, it's just the vibe. Bro, it's just the vibe <laughs> I realize I sound like a jackass right now, but I got. I should watch all of them. I tried to get my family, uh, my wife and kids, to get into the Haunting of Hill House with me. We made it about three episodes in, and then they just fucking went on about their lives and left me sitting there by myself. So, I watched the whole thing again, and I enjoyed it again. You sons of bitches! All right, that's all we got on the listener mail. Thank you very much, Tom Hardy, Alan, and Tim for writing and calling in, and Cooper also. Um, hope you guys had a, ha- a happy Halloween hope everybody was safe out there and nobody uh, had the, the apple with the razor blade in it from the old guy in uh, Night of the Demons that that guy's a cantankerous dude <clears throat> in the meantime I think it's time for a movie
0: to what of you die that share should be divided equally among the survivors but all the servants of this household
3: shall share as equals. You shall! And you will! Understand? <laughs>
1: Was that even a trailer? It didn't seem like it. It seemed like somebody said the name of the movie and then there was a bunch of thrashing about it. And that was about it. I am uh, talking about Legacy of Blood from 1971, uh, written and directed by Carl Monson, Monson uh, starring Rodolfo Acosta, Mary Anders, and Norman Bar- Barfield. Um, it got 2.8 stars on IMDb. This is not a good movie, my friends. This we're, We are in Elvira month here in the padded room. Uh, this one is streaming exclusively on Peacock. It's part of Elvira's old movie, Macabre. Um, the whole the whole first season of Movie Macabre is on Peacock right now. This is one of the movies. This was actually Jason Harrell's pick for the month. Fancy that he's not here to uh, suffer this with me, son of a bitch. This one originally aired on Elvira's Movie Macabre April 10th, 1982. Your host of the Padded Room podcast was the ripe old age of four when this movie, uh, not when it was made, but when it made its way to Elvira's Movie Macabre. Now, I watched the Movie Macabre version complete with Elvira and all of her fun dad jokes and her cleavage. Um, That Made the movie nominally better. It's still a bad movie. So what we have here in mates is a stately manor uh, somewhere out in the middle of uh, somewhere. I don't, I don't know. It's secluded, um, and we have a reading of a will taking place. So the matri the patriarch of a family has passed on and is leaving his vast fortune of somewhere in the neighborhood of one hundred and thirty six million to his servants, and his four children, who are now adults, by the way. Uh, for the servants, you have Frank, you have Igor, and you have Helga. Helga's the cook, Igor's the butler, and Frank is the chauffeur. For the kids, you have um, Carl and Leslie. Uh, Leslie is the younger daughter. You have Johnny, who is uh, the, one of the middle sons. Then you have Veronica, who's the middle daughter, and then you have Craig, who is the oldest son. All right, Greg brought his wife Regina. Uh, Car- uh, Leslie brought her boyfriend slash psychotherapist Carl, and uh, Johnny and Veronica are both there on but by themselves. Um, the The reading of the will takes place. Uh, the, the The patriarch of the family, uh, who we believe has passed on, was played by Bill Carradine. You you know him, dude. He had the worst case of arthritis in his hands ever and he was acting well into his probably late 90s probably right up until the day he died but uh if you see his hands in any of these movies like go watch the monster club with vincent price um you don't really get to see his hands in this one uh what a shockwaves with peter cushing dude his hands like picture picture you're making a fist but all your fingers go off to the side. It's gnarly, dude. It is gnarly. I can't imagine how much pain he was in with that degree of arthritis. It is nuts. All right, enough about uh, Bill Carradine's arthritis. Uh, they're there for the reading of the will. The attorney is there. He breaks out the old school cassette uh, tape reel to reel player, whatever those things are called. And uh, that's where we get the voiceover of Bill Carradine basically uh, calling all of his kids a bunch of money grubbing a holes. And um, what's going to happen is each one of the servants gets a million dollars right off the top and they have to stay there and maintain the house and the grounds, the kids all get their, an equal split of the share of the rest, the remaining $133 million. Uh, but the caveat to that is that they have to live there in the house for one week together. And uh, as a little bonus, should any of the, the original four die, that the dead sibling's share will be split up amongst the survivors so off the bat you know there's gonna be some murder going going on very cool uh, a couple of things at the reading of the will number one uh, Carl who is Leslie's boyfriend/ psychotherapist therapist refused refuses to let her speak to Johnny the slightly older brother um, every day Leslie is smoking hot number one she wears a negligee for 90 ninety 90% of the movie, uh, very busty young lady, um, but she's batshit, the character is batshit crazy. All She spends probably 60% of her screen time laying in bed, and when she gets out, it gets very weird and sexual <laughs> and incestuous, and there's a reason why she's not allowed to talk to Johnny, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, okay, so that's kind of nutty. Uh, Johnny is batshit crazy to start with, like all, every time... You see him, he immediately jumps to a weird, uh, somewhat gay BDSM flashback of Bill Carradine whipping him with a cane. But then Igor, the manservant, comes in and saves him by uh, ripping his shirt off and jumping on top of him to take the cane lashes for him. Very strange. Very strange goings on. Very cool. Veronica is like uh, playing flirty pants with Frank. Uh, it's kind of alluded to that they may have had a thing going on at some point, but she's way younger than he is. And by the way, Frank is a deranged uh, World War II veteran that made a lamp out of a Nazi. He made a lamp out of a Nazi. He took a human soldier of German descent, murdered him, took his remains, and did like a DIY thing, uh, Sawyer family style, and basically made... That young man into a lamp which he now has in his room and just to hammer that point home uh there's a swastika on it so we know where the the, we we get to see the lamp later on in the movie it's silly it's got like a skull and like a weird kind of ed lampshade with like fucking skin i guess it's supposed to be skin or something that's fine um Right on, scary stuff, Uh, creepy fucking family all the way around. The only one that seemed to have their head about them is Greg and Regina. Greg is the o- oldest brother. And he's like, well, we can stay here for a week. No problem. I'll walk out of here with my share of $136 million. And Regina's like, yeah, great. Uh, They go up to go to bed, and they're just kind of hunkering down. Their little dog, Chin, disappears. And we see Chin run off, and Regina goes chasing after it. It's one of those little shih tzu dogs, whatever those things are. Uh, Eventually, we find Chin floating in the pond. Somebody has killed poor Chin and left the carcass floating in the pond there on the estate. So Regina, of course, freaks right out goes running out there to save Chin. Uh, Chin's already dead, obviously. He's floating in the pond. Goes back inside, very distraught, calls the police. Now we're going to cut to the sheriff. Sheriff rolls up. He's going to ask some questions about what the hell happened to the dog. Sheriff is wearing a Colonel Sanders necktie, which I don't know where we're supposed to be in America I've never seen a professional of any stature wear a Colonel Sanders necktie, not only in my own personal life, but on screen until this day when I saw this movie. Interesting. Just thought I'd point that out. Uh, sheriff rolls up. He's like, hey, I heard you got a dead dog here. He immediately gets into it with Johnny. He's like, I bet Johnny had something to do with it. So off the bat, we're given the the connotation that Johnny's had previous run-ins with this sheriff. Uh, Johnny is just like... Drinking heavily and murmuring to himself, and staggering around the mansion, and going into more of these weird psychosexual flashbacks. Um, That's interesting. Sheriff takes off. He's like, "Well, I'll come back in the day when it's daytime, and I'll see what I can figure out about the dog." He takes off down the road. He gets a a couple blocks away, and there's a car sitting sideways, blocking him in. So he gets out of his car, and he's like, "Hey, what the hell's with this? Somebody abandoned a car right in the middle of the road." And then somebody jumps out, I'm using the term, jumps out. In a very lackluster kill scene, uh, the sheriff gets killed with an axe and he gets his head chopped off. Okay, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful stuff happening here. Uh, cut back to the, uh, the mansion. Um, we get a flashback from Leslie. And what I believe is being alluded to and I could be completely wrong, because the style of filmmaking here is very vague, that Leslie at some point started fucking Johnny, her older brother, um, which uh, she got caught, and uh, they both did, and Leslie just kind of played the whole thing off as an attention grab to get uh, her dad to pay attention to her, but Johnny was like crazy in love with Leslie, despite the fact that she's his fucking sister, man. Uh, they did in fact have sex and uh I think Johnny is really wanting to have sex with her again we're getting into this whole what what Josiah saw realm of possibility here dudes and it's it's j- just so that you know um this isn't creative interpretation on my part this all gets hammered home by the end of the movie um uh, <laughs> regardless well that's happening uh now we're going to cut back to veronica who continues to flirt with frank very nice um they go back the the sheriff is left everything's kind of calming down uh at the mansion around the dead dog they pull uh a what's supposed to be a big turkey dinner out of the fridge uh they pull the tinfoil off it and fuck me if it isn't actually the decapitated head of the sheriff himself Oh, big freak out now. Whoa, shit, what the hell? That's a that's a dead cop right there. Uh, they go to call the cops. Of course, the phone lines have been cut. All right, scary stuff. Uh, Frank goes to pull the car around so that they can go into town and tell uh, the police. Uh, all He says all of the sh- quote-unquote shifters have been removed from the vehicles. Now, I don't know, does he mean gear shifters? Because if that's the case... Really all you need is a stick to get into like if you can just hammer like a screwdriver clearly Frank has never stolen a car. Uh, y- if you can hammer that into the shifter you can you can you can make that happen. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. I feel like it's just a convenient plot device. It's fine. Uh regardless they are now trapped at the mansion and whoa shit man it's it's going down. Luckily Greg and Regina are keeping a somewhat level head. They're like, "Well, dead cop, somebody killed him." I think our best bet is just to go back to bed. (laughs) You know what? We're going to pretend that this was all a big nightmare and we'll wake up and uh, feel much better. So they go back to bed. They go to turn the light off and apparently uh, there's some kind of a live wire attached to the uh, lamp right next to their bed. So in a very stupid way, they both get electrocuted because... uh, Craig was holding Regina when he went to turn the lamp off, so they both kind of have a spaz attack. All the lights in the whole house start flickering, and what the fuck. Um, hey, what's going on? I don't know. Let's go check on everybody. everybody okay? They go up to Greg and Regina's room, and they're both dead. So, they're, they're okay, they're out of the equation. So at this point, we're left with Crazy Johnny, uh, Horny Leslie, uh, somewhat skanky Veronica, uh, Carl the psychotherapist who I assume was nailing Leslie also and uh Igor and Helga. All right, delightful. Uh from there <clears throat> uh Johnny actually infiltrates Leslie's bedroom once Carl leaves and we get a very weird uh <laughs> I think they he was going to try to bang her but then he kind of chickened out but then she decided she wanted to bang him so it it's like a, like they're going to make out for a second but then they do like a weird shoulder shimmy like "oh it's weird you're my sister" and she's like oh, "I want you anyway it's for get back at daddy" and he's like well, "I love you" And make a lo- <laughs> Make a long story short, uh, Johnny goes, Daddy! Ah!" And he goes running out of the bedroom (laughs) in a very uh, swoony kind of a way where he's like uh, stopping to prop himself up along random halls as he goes. Uh, Leslie gets all horny, so she takes off after him. Johnny, come back! Uh, He loses her, but only for like a quick second. And when she eventually catches up to him, Johnny has been uh, placed into a fish tank. Now, I have to, it's never stated, but I have to assume that for whatever reason, uh, the fish inside the tank were actually piranha. Because Johnny goes from big fat actor to skeleton with uh, hair in about 13 seconds. So, or, Or maybe those are ultra rare acid fish that only live in vats of acid. I don't think such a creature exists. But how else can you explain it? They're clearly not piranha. You get a clean shot of those fish. They're like goldfish. And Johnny is somehow now a skeleton in the fish tank. And he is out of the equation. I am sorry, Johnny. I hope, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. (laughs) You, you, uh, you crazy bastard. (laughs) Um... This sends uh, Leslie right into an immediate panic attack. She starts screaming and freaking out. Um, Frank and Veronica come running down. Carl's right behind him. Oh, my God, what happened? They discover the body of Johnny, uh, or the skeleton, I should say, of Johnny in the fish tank. Oh, shit, he's dead, too, now. Fucking fuck. Uh, So now uh, we are down to uh, Leslie, Carl. We also have uh, the servants, Frank, uh, Igor, and Helga. And we also have Veronica, and that's all that is left at this time. Um, excellent. Uh, we Carl tries to put c- calm Leslie the hell down. He puts her back in bed for like the 13th time in this movie. Um, he gets her back in there. Hey, okay, you calm down. Get a good night. Get some rest. I'm going to give you a sedative, and uh, well, we'll check on you in the morning. Okay, perfect. Uh, Frank goes back to his room, and this is where we actually get to see the Nazi lamp, and he has a odd amount of Nazi memorabilia uh, in his room. I think the connotation was that it, they were like war trophies that he brought back from the Nazis that he killed, but to the untrained eye, one might draw the line to anti-Semitism there. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, regardless... Uh, Veronica goes down there and she's like, Frank, Frank, I still want you. And he's like, okay, uh, I don't, you, no, I'm not interested. And she's like, listen, if you if you can get one of those cars running and get us out of here, I'll do anything you want. And he's like, anything, hey? Hmm. Uh, they kind of go back and forth with this flirty kind of, I'll fuck you if you get me out of here. I don't want to fuck you. I can't get you out of here because the cars are trashed. Uh, eventually they come to an accord. She's going to give him a cut of her share of the, the 136 million if he can get them out of there. Okay, great. Now we're going to cut back to Leslie who has a psychedelic spaz attack, uh, thinks that she sees the ghost of her dad running around. So she gets up and just starts hauling ass around the, like the estate, um, she goes running downstairs. Carl spots her as she's running. So he takes off after. Her. Hey, Leslie, get back here. She goes outside and just goes traipsing around like the, the surrounding forest. Um, Carl goes running after her. Uh, we don't get to see who she runs into, but she runs into somebody and they've got a gun and they shoot her right in the head. Bow! Leslie is now out of the equation also. Carl comes up right behind her, sees her dead body. Whoever killed her just threw the gun on the ground. So Carl immediately picks the gun up. About this time is when Frank and Veronica heard the gunshot, so they go running out there also. They see Leslie with a giant hole in her head and Carl holding a gun. So they draw the obvious conclusion that Carl shot his wife in the head. Now you put the gun down, mister. I know a a dead woman and a guy holding a gun when I see one. So they kind of... Apprehend Carl, uh, like at at knife point, and then they get the gun away from him, and now they're holding him at gunpoint. They take him to, like, a weird uh, linen closet, I think, or like a a pantry, and they tie him to a chair. They're like, okay, you're going to wait right here, see? And in the morning, we're going to go get the the real law enforcement. You're going to be tried for murder and hanged for killing your wife. And he's like, okay, sure, whatever. I didn't kill my wife, but just, yeah, go get the cops. Cause, and by the way, can you lock the fucking door? Because I don't want anybody else getting in here. Sure, yeah, got it. So they take off. They're fairly confident that they've caught the killer because, I mean, it, it looks like it, right? He had the gun. She's got a hole in her head. It makes sense. <clears throat> so they're having. They're now having, and by them, I mean Frank and Veronica, they're now having a romantic moment in front of the fireplace. And we're getting a little more backstory on these two. Apparently, Veronica used to mess around with Frank. And uh, eventually, she took off and left him to be the man. And he stayed because she knew that, or he knew that she would eventually come back. And uh, he put up with a lot of her dad's bullshit, knowing that she would eventually come back. So that's all well and good. While they're having this conversation, you get a little buzz, buzz, buzzy buzz going around. What's going on here? There's a buzzing. And then uh, you look down, there's a bee on veronica's shirt he's like there's a bee on your shirt see he knocks the the bee off and then we cut back to carl who's tied up in the linen closet somebody opens up the linen closet that's supposed to be locked by the way and like puts in there a jar of bees and they sting carl to death and by sting carl to death i mean they kind of land on his face and then he looks like he has spaghetti on his face and then they go in there because they hear him screaming and they hear all the buzzing. Uh, they open the door and they're like, fucking bees! And they close the door again. Don't, hey, whatever you do, don't help the guy that's being stung to death slowly by bees. Just close the door so none of the bees get out, you selfish pricks. Uh, that's exactly what they do. They're the murderers! <laughs> uh, we don't know who put the bees in there yet. But that's pretty, pretty fucking scary. So at this point, uh, they're like, fucking shit. He clearly was not the killer. I didn't put any bees in there. Frank, did you put the bees in there? No. You couldn't have cuz you were sitting here with me talking about how we used to have sex with each other. Okay. So who does that leave? That leaves Igor and Helga, and that's it. So they're like, "Okay. I don't know what's going on here, but I'm not fucking with Igor or Helga. They're clearly deranged. Let's get, get let's let's move it on." <clears throat> so they go out to the carriage house thinking maybe they can somehow use parts from one car to start another. They run out there, who the fuck do you think they run into? None other than uh, Bill Carradine. The son of a bitch is alive. And he's been alive the whole time. He's the one running around killing everybody. <clears throat> there is no will. He's not dead. He faked his death because, this is where we get the backstory uh, that he found out that all of his kids, that he found out that he is uh, impotent. So his wife was shooting out kids, and uh, she was having some fun at some parties, I guess, or got to know the the milkman, the mailman, the uh, newspaper boy. <laughs> she had some fun, and she had four kids. None of them are his. So he's like, "Fuck these kids! I'm going to kill them all and make sure none of them inherit my fortune." And uh, yeah, I don't I don't. I don't even like these fuckers. So. That's his motivation for killing everybody off. Uh, As he pops out and goes through this uh, Bond villain-esque speech, um, Helga and Igor are up on top of like a garage rafter, and they push a bunch of boxes down on top of them. Um, Frank and Veronica are like, oh, fuck this, we're out of here. So they just take off running, and then Igor and Helga go back inside, and they're like, well, we are now the so beneficiaries of the estate, and then Igor gets all uppity, he's like, you won't call me Igor anymore, Helga, you'll call me Mr. Garen." and he like puts on the smoking jacket, and he's like, I think I'll have some pot roast and uh, cookies, and Helga's like, fuck this guy, she serves him his pot roast and cookies, goes out outside of the kitchen, and starts playing the piano, uh, pretty soon, Igor comes staggering out after her, and he's like, Ugh, the cookies, the cookies. And Helga is like, That's right, Igor, the cookies. So there you have it. Uh, Helga was the killer, or at least she helped Igor with the killing, and then she killed Igor, so now she is the beneficiary, and uh, that is the end of your movie. Elvira brings it home with some more dad jokes at the end, as she is wont to do. And that is the end of Legacy of Blood from 1971. It's bad. It's a bad movie. It uh, play. It's more of a murder mystery. Um, it's. Uh, I would. I would. I'm sure it was good in 1971, but by today's standards, it's pretty fucking silly. And there's a lot of weird, dude. The incestuous uh, thing between Leslie and Johnny. There is a w- very bizarre oh, make-out scene with these two. Where they're like, oh, yeah, let's get it on. But then they're like, oh, it's kind of weird. You're my sister. Oh, Yeah, but you're my brother and that makes me hot. Oh, it's very- <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of face licking uh, happening in, in between these two. It's weird, man. And it's weird. It's definitely weird. Mm-hmm. If I have piqued your curiosity... The entire season, of that particular season of uh, Elvira's Movie Macabre, is streaming on uh, Peacock. You can check it out there with Elvira's commentary. Makes it a little bit easier to swallow. Uh, I'm going to take myself a little break, bros, and then I will come back with some other stuff.
3: If you like what you hear, head over to the Patterdroom Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the t bellin link at patterdroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show.
1: And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, well, I don't know. I mean, I love me smell Vira, but let's be honest. I think she was relegated to public domain movies, at least for this particular run of uh, Movie Macabre. So, I don't see the quality of films getting any better as we go through the month of November. Um, (laughs) Youch! Regardless, I will continue my journey through the the Movie Macabre madness. Uh, Join me next week for The House That Screamed, Buddy's Pick. Think he'll be here next week? Probably not. He's probably going to duck out on me, son of a bitch. All right, enough about that. I think it's time for a meat hook, ladies and gentlemen.
3: three on a meat hook
1: this week's meat hook this one is something very near and dear to my heart this kind of speaks to the tarot dome speaks to the sequels that we were discussing earlier in the show i want to know who your top three horror movie villains are now the three that i have chosen are franchise villains one of them is a little iffy but i'm going to put it in there anyway um I want to know, and the reason I, I say this is because we were talking about Candyman. We were talking about Texas Chainsaw earlier. We were talking about uh, the, the, the worst, the sequels that we found the most offensive. And I think something that kind of touches that nerve is what high regard we hold those villains and those franchises in, that when a, a shit stain of a movie gets dropped into one of those franchises, it stings that much worse. I would say, in my humble opinion. That being said, let's talk about uh, some of the villains in the franchises that I hold in high regard. Number three, my number three villain, you guys can fight me over this if you want, the Necronomicon. uh, I'm talking about, I'm I'm not speaking specifically about the Evil Dead franchise, because the Necronomicon goes back to H.P. Lovecraft, wherever it goes, There's going to be a fucking problem. Some jack-off is going to open it up and start looking at pictures and shit. And before you know it, uh, your sister's being raped by a bunch of trees. Wars have been fought over it, for Christ's sakes. Really, I I would say we should just burn the goddamn thing, but that doesn't work. We tried that, right? We've sealed it in a vault underneath a bank building and a fucking earthquake happens before you know it. The fucking, uh, the the podcaster kid digs it up and now he's playing tapes and doing all kinds of shit. And now we have a fucking problem. Yet again, because of the goddamn Necronomicon. I love it. I, I, the, the mythos behind it is vast, to say the least. Taking it into 80s horror with the Evil Dead franchise just gives it a little extra flavor, baby. <laughs> and having a meatball like Ash there to try to fight it and stop it and somehow the goddamn thing keeps popping open uh i i could go on for days about the necronomicon and the 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 chaos it brings that's my number three my number two is another one that uh was alluded to earlier Candyman. i love that i love that that first movie dude that i one of my favorites of all time there is not an ounce of humor in that movie um there is some social justice leanings, but you got to remember the first one was made in 1991. This is before Black Lives Matter, before George Floyd. Those issues were still prevalent in our society, but not nearly to the degree that they, were, that they are today. Now, that being said, social justice withstanding, the, the backstory of Daniel Robitaille, what Tony Todd brought to that character, Dude, if if somebody had paid some respect to the source material, and I'm not necessarily talking about uh, Clive Barker's work, I'm just talking about the Tony Todd film. Just just do just do Daniel Robitaille. Stick with that material. There are a hundred different directions we could go with that. Okay, to be rumored is a blessed condition. To live on in immortality in the whispers of the back of the classroom. You're not going to kill him in a bonfire. He's Whatever whatever it was that drew him to Helen. I think it was her massive hooters. Because, ho, 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 Virginia Madsen, my friends uh she gets very naked in a movie called gotham with tommy lee jones i believe that's neither here nor there but i have always had a bit of a crush on uh, virginia madsen but getting back to the story dude we could if we had just stayed in uh cabrini green that would have been a huge step up from that new orleans shit. okay uh on top of that get away from the daughter Okay, at no point in the original uh, Candyman was there ever any allusions to him having a child. And this was while we had the Candyman scholar, that big fat British guy with the long hair, and uh, uh, Helen, who was writing her master's thesis on the mythos of the Candyman, were both present. Neither one of them said anything about a child of any kind. Why we had to break from that formula, I have no idea. Despite all that, I would still say he's one of my favorite villains. Very sympathetic. Uh, the The idea of taking a um, Jason Voorhees that, for a long time, we've been trying to get our slasher villains into the hood. Why don't we just start him there, right? Why not? Why not have a black slasher already operating in the hood, and then put this whole supernatural mythos around him, dude? So this could have been such a kick-ass franchise. Fell short, unfortunately. Number one, of course, tattooed on my back. Pinhead. Um, that's another one, dude. For, for, you know what? I love the first movie, obviously. Second one, okay. Third one, fucking... I, I liked it when I first saw it. but I'm basing that entirely on the amount of naked breasts and sex scenes in it. Um, watching it now, dude, with the the goddamn... DJ Cenobite in the the bartender Cenobite and the, 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 this is Cenobite that just smokes cigarettes. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Get the fuck out of here with this. <clears throat> I, I will say there was clearly a budget step in this one cuz you know the effects were were much more grandiose. Uh Pinhead had a fresh new look with the eyes and the he was talking a lot more when he came out of the statue. That was great. Um, then you get into four. I was not mad at four. We got a little, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately he ended up in space, which is never a good sign. And then there's like a bukaki of movies after that, that just don't make a lick of fucking sense. And we just, uh, shoehorned Doug Bradley in there to keep the rights to Hellraiser. Um, despite all that pinhead is still my guy. I like a slasher that, um, I, I wouldn't even call him a slasher. I like a villain that will explain to you. Why this is your fault that this is happening. You know what I'm saying? That makes it worse in a way. This whole shit could have been avoided if you just stayed away from the fucking box, man. But you you know, dude, you know that whatever comes out of that box, wherever it's going to take you, it's probably not. I know you want to think it's going to be a big boner fest there, Uncle Frank. But, dude, It's not. And you're going to find that out the hard way. You should have fucking kept your money, passed the box back to the uh, stinky Asian gentleman. What's your pleasure, sir? You know who I'm talking about. And kept your skin on, on your body instead of on the floor. You understand that? All right. I'm going off on a rant. That's my uh, three on a meat hook. Top three villains. I go pinhead number one, candy man number two, the necronomicon number three. Let me know what your top three is. Uh, area code 775 is the mental health hotline. I would love to hear your lovely voice. Uh, or just go to paddedroompodcast.com, click the three on the meat hook link, and let me know, baby. Uh, in the meantime, it is time for the Terra Dome. No tears,
5: please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. <laughs> I'll kill
3: you all. <laughs>
4: try I be crazy,
3: I'll kill you all. dream come true? Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face of blackest
0: eyes, the devil.
3: Welcome to the Terradome.
1: First, last week's winner. Singles competition, we had Horace Pinker from Shocker versus Willie the Weasel from Willie's Wonderland. The electrical fire was fast moving and spreading. Electrical outlets burst from their sockets as the animatronics inside the abandoned building thrashed and convulsed in the flames. By the time the sun rose, the building was left to cinders. And nothing inside it moving or not. With a vote of seven to three, we have Horace Pinker advancing over Willie the Weasel. I had a feeling that's how that was going to go down. It was a—that's uh, a bad one. Horace is just such a mean some bitch. He's not going to be scared by a bunch of stupid animatronics. I don't think he's going to be scared at all. Really, he could go far in this tournament. Let's take a look at uh, this week's matchup, shall we? We are in the Asylum Conference Round 12. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer. The old woman had moved in quietly late one autumn night. The neighborhood thought nothing of it and probably wouldn't have noticed if not for the missing for sale sign uh, removed from the corner house. Eddie didn't notice either. His mind was on other things. School bullies, his mother's new boyfriend, the social pressures of being the lone metalhead in a high school full of jocks, and, of course, the recent death of his beloved rock idol, Sammy Kerr. That's when the strangeness began. Notes in the key of death, Sammy's post-mortem release played backwards, revealed hidden messages seemingly specifically for Eddie. Then the neighborhood cats and dogs began to disappear, soon thereafter followed by toddlers and adolescents. While no accusations had been made, more and more suspicious glances were pointed at the old woman on the corner house. Singles competition, we have Sammy Kerr from Trick or Treat versus Albrun from Hagazusa. I gotta go with Sammy Kerr on this one. And it's not because of his sick dance moves. It because It's because uh, Hagazusa cannot, I don't think she can adapt to a modern era. You know, electricity, things like that. She's old, she's an old school witch. She needs animal sacrifices. She has to pee, uh, pee in your, your water supply. And uh, she will have to eat a baby. So, there's that. Sammy, on the other hand, he can pop right out of uh, your toilet and fuck you up. And shoot you with lasers out of his guitar. So, he can come out of a subwoofer, dude. He can teleport wherever that song is playing. He's got some tricks up his sleeve. I'm taking Sammy on that one. That's your Terra Dome matchup for the week, inmates. Sammy Kerr versus Albrun. Give me your votes by next week. You know how to do it. Just go to paddedroompodcast.com. Click the Terra Dome link, and there you go. Vote on whoever you like. But now it is time for me to tell you what movies I got to watch this week. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? When Evil Lurks from 2023. This is the newest uh, offering from the guy that brought us Terrified. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he's a bad motherfucker. We know that. Dude, he ain't pulling any punches. Kids, animals, they're all fair game in this fucking thing. Wow! Uh, demonic Possession Pandemic is what I'm going to call it, which is a refreshing new turn on things. Although the Possessed seem to really just be having a wild uh, allergic reaction, like uh, their eyes get all swelly and they get like sweaty and gross. Um, the violence in this one is ratcheted up to 11. And like I said, it is... Uh, yes <laughs> things you wouldn't expect to see I it's, I believe it's Argentinian if I'm not mistaken uh, apparently they they can get away with whatever the fuck they want to put in a movie down there so good for them Um, it's good I liked it I liked it a lot uh, ultra violent I would call it for sure uh, not so much on the rapey but like, fucking kids dogs dogs fight g- killing kids it's it's a whole thing Good show. Streaming on Shudder right now, if you're interested. Also checked out a movie called The Ghosts of Monday, 2022. This one was streaming on Tubi. This one, unfortunately, was the last feature film to feature Julian Sands before he went missing. Um, What do you got? You got a uh, paranormal reality TV show going to a, uh, a Greek hotel where a mass poisoning took place to try to catch uh evidence of paranormal activity. Naturally they start getting killed off one at a time, and uh we find some some, some fuckery afoot at the end. It's fine. Uh nothing nothing to write home about. It's unfortunate that this was Julian Sands' last movie because it's 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 not that great. It's it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's something it is something it is definitely something (laughs) Uh, the hotel looked really nice i don't know if that's i think it's an actual operating hotel i wouldn't mind going there once or twice uh and that is all i'm looking at inmates um so there's that how about some immersion therapy i got a special guest waiting in the wings
3: Immersion therapy.
1: Yes, sir. Inmates, say hello to my two kids, Deacon and Daphne, in the house. What's up, bros? What's up? What's
2: up?
5: Well,
1: what's up, you two guys? You actually got to sit through a horror movie with me called Hermana Muerta. Sister Death. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What did you guys think of Sister Death?
2: It was very.
1: Was it too scary for you?
2: No, it was kind, kind of weird.
1: What? Kind of weird? Did you not understand what was going on?
2: Like, some parts, they were. I was like, why do you even do that?
1: What? Like, do what? Which parts?
2: Like,. Uh, it depends.
1: Depends on what? Like were you are you were you scared of sister secoria no. no she was dead do you understand oh, do you understand why she killed all the nuns Why? well she was taking revenge on them oh. yeah. because they accidentally killed her daughter <clears throat> accidentally on purpose in a weird way They
2: the, the daughter killed herself
1: they, well yeah on accident but they refused to let her daughter go see a doctor And because of that, she was thrashing around in the bathtub and hit her head, and that's how she died. But if the nuns had let her go to a doctor, she would have been fine.
2: And then Sister Socorro would just be fine and live.
1: Right, but in the end, Sister Socorro came back and used Sister Narcissa as like like a chant. Remember the part where the chair kept knocking itself over? Yeah. So basically that was like the ghost of Sister Socorro. Uh, using Sister Narcissa to kind of bring her back and, like, like show her what happened with her daughter. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Kinda. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like a ghost story. Uh, but at the end, um, Sister Sakura really kills all the nuns. Yeah. By the way, Sister Sakura died also. She yeah. killed herself. So it's the ghost of Sister Socorro comes back. To get revenge on all the nuns that killed her daughter. Sort of accidentally killed her daughter on purpose. Does that blow your mind? Yeah. Would mine too?
2: I'm kind of... Never mind.
1: What? What questions do you have? I was going to
2: say I was kind of confused, but...
1: There's a lot of time jumping around in this movie. Now, if you really want me to blow your mind, dig this. Uh, Sister Death is actually a prequel... Do you know what a prequel is?
2: No. Of uh, course not.
1: Okay. So they make a movie. And then if they make a movie, another movie, that's called a sequel, right? Because it comes after the first movie.
0: Yeah.
2: But
1: if the next movie actually takes place before the first movie, then it's called a prequel. Okay. So, okay. So So dig this. <clears throat> Sister Narcissa goes on to a girl's school in, I think, Spain. And um, by that time, she's an old lady. We see that at the end, where she walks into the classroom.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: the this is actually a prequel to a movie called Veronica. And in that movie, a teenage girl gets possessed by a demon, and, and then
2: Sister Death has to help her.
1: So, well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Get unpossessed.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of sisters like Sister Death is like the the. The hero of the movie. Yeah. 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 Would you guys be interested in watching Veronica?
5: Yes. Maybe. Yes.
1: I have to warn you, there's a naked dude in it.
5: Okay. And
1: there is a pee-pee dangling. <laughs> so, I'm I'm warning you right now. If you want to see it, I'll show it. I mean, I don't know, dude. Mommy might punch me in the face, but... She's going to punch me in the face anyway. So.
5: <laughs> why can't we just it's to you? It's so scary. We don't care. It's scary
1: stuff, yeah.
5: But why why can't on um, that part we can just turn our heads. I'll
1: give you a heads up. I'll say, "Hey, pee-pee. and then you guys go, "Hey, I don't want to see it." And you look look away real quick. So, there's that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't know. It's the, I would say um on a scary <laughs> level, Veronica is is more scary than Sister Death. Oh.
2: Well.
1: I don't know. Uh you guys think about it. If you want to get into it, then I'll take you I'll take you down the road, the scary movie road of Veronica and Sister Death.
5: But also, I feel like it was just like just right of like the scariness. Uh-huh. But it's not really scary.
1: It wasn't that. I mean, if you know why the the nuns are getting killed, then you you don't have to worry about uh, Sister Socorro, because she's not going to come after you. Yeah. You didn't hurt her, kid. No. So you're fine, dude. Yeah. You know? So there's really... I mean, that that end part was kind of scary, when she's, like, floating down the hall, and she grabs the one nun and drowns her in the bloody bathtub. Oh. And she smashes the other nun's face with the statue. That statue scene, dude. that was pretty gnarly. The yeah. statue
2: when when like the the guy the nun wrapped up in like like it was a,
1: like a like a sheet right? yeah,
2: yeah. He, he had like rope on his neck and then his body and yeah. then his waist and then his legs. yeah tied,
1: bro
5: and then his just face just
1: turned. yeah that's not a statue. that's some kind of a ghost <laughs> thing, dude. Scary or, stuff.
5: Or it's just a person that covered his stuff in sheets.
1: That too. Very but, scary. But
5: he tied himself up. Who
2: would who would tie themselves up in sheets?
1: You can't no even breathe reason? in there. Some kind of a freako. That's who. But you I don't can't, d- I don't I don't want nothing to do with freakos <coughs> tying themselves up in sheets.
5: But also you can't even breathe in there. So that's, how can she how can he move?
1: He can't. He's a ghost. Did
5: did um
1: Huh.
2: When sister death opened the door, uh-huh. did it change time? Like- so,
1: so that's part of the the confusing part, right? So, you notice, like at the beginning of the movie, Sister Narcissa had like regular eyeballs, yeah. And then, like it, once once she got the the full vision of what happened to Sister Socorro, her mm-hmm. eyes went totally white, and she kind of she went blind, right? Yeah. Once she went blind. That's when she opened the door and went into that time loop. It was like a big flashback sequence because that's when Sister Socorro came out and started killing the nuns.
5: Yeah, but also, like, how did you make that change the time? Ghosts. Since,
1: Ghosts. I would say ghosts. Ghosts can do that. How? Open up time portals, bros. Yeah. Think about that. Think about that. Hold on, hold
2: on. But if, if like, if I open the door in the past and I get a scratch, is in the movie, the scratch was fresh. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it which was... made it even creepier. Because remember, that one nun, she's just standing there minding her own business, and then her face just gets smashed in. But then in the past, you saw uh, the statues moving yeah, and, and that and... one collapsing God. on her. Yeah. Gnarly, right?
2: And then you just the, but also, the other time <coughs> thing was the girl was in the bathtub, and was, like looking into the bathtub. Yeah, and then
1: but in present she just started coughing up bloody water. Yeah, until she died
2: because she was drowning. the The girl that died in the bathtub, mm-hmm. she grabbed her head and drowned her.
1: Right, Sister Socorro. How
2: did how did the future Sister Socorro die?
1: She she hanged herself. Remember.
2: No, she... The, oh. The,
1: that's why the chair kept knocking itself over. Because she stood on the chair and tied the rope around her neck. And then she kicked the chair out.
5: I know, but how... Like... <coughs> <coughs> but why would she do that? It doesn't make she was, any sense. She was
1: very sad because her daughter died.
5: So she wants...
1: So she killed herself.
5: Why would she kill herself?
1: She was very sad because her daughter died. But...
0: Oh.
1: <coughs> All right. Deacon, what movie would you like to watch next week for immersion therapy? Uh, any movie. You tell me. Any movie? And, well, any horror movie.
2: Okay. Uh, that would probably be... Let's do Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: The original? Yes. You got it, man. You heard it, inmates. Your immersion therapy for next week is going to be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably bring these two knuckleheads back for that that episode also you can find this bad guy streaming on Shudder right now check that stuff out inmates will do the same and compare notes next week but now it is time to educate me
0: Educating Miss Monica.
1: First, my clues from last week, inmates. I am uh, trying to get away from my past. My parents killed themselves in some kind of a death pact with my brother. Uh, I don't think he had a choice in the matter, but regardless, I'm all bummed out about that. So my boyfriend is taking me to Europe for... uh, this uh, festive thing and uh, my friend is writing a thesis on it so he's coming also and now my friends are disappearing and uh, this festive thing I, I just they killed two guys they I watched two guys kill themselves by jumping off a cliff and then getting ahead head with a hammer uh, I don't know that I signed up for this but I'm here now and I really hope I don't get put in that dead bear. I am of course midsummer. Um, pretty good show. I liked it. Um, bit, bit on the brooding side, though. That's what you get when you go to A24, I suppose. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I am a young man, a recovering alcoholic, unfortunately, with a very specific set of skills and abilities. Uh, I happened upon a young girl who has a very similar, albeit better set of skills and abilities, and she is being, um pursued by a group of individuals and i need to make sure that they don't get her and in order to do that i'm gonna have to revisit some places in my past that i'd rather not go um because you know uh my i went there once with my family and me and my mom were the only ones to come out and now i gotta go back there to lead these other knuckleheads over there so they can Fucking fuck them up. All right. Who, who might I be, you asked Tune in next week, and uh, I'll drop some knowledge on you inmates. In the meantime, uh, thank you very much for joining me. Hopefully, I can get somebody else in here next week besides just my kids. Uh, let me know what you thought of the show. Uh, area code 775 is the mental health hotline. Get me on the email. PaddedRoomPodcast.com is where you go to find that. Uh, we do have a Patreon campaign running you'll find a link to it there also if you're interested in that sort of thing we've got prize swag and different tier donation things and all that stuff Uh, uh, join me next week for The House That Screamed here in uh, Elvira Appreciation Month Uh, like I said all of these movie macabre uh, movies are streaming on Peacock if you're interested check it out there I will do the same Uh, In the meantime, for Jason Harrell in absentia, buddy in absentia, um, fucking kids that are being chased by losers in Winnebago's, seemingly for no reason, Uh, haunted hotels, Julian Sands, God bless him, I hope he's... Somewhere in a better place making better movies is what I hope because that last one wasn't that great. And the padded Room podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over Cook my